My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. On today's Shack House, we are going to discuss Tiger Woods and the Valspar Championship. He almost pulled it off. And, of course, it was a... I don't know if it was a spectacular final roundhouse, but it was a great final round. There were a lot of things to uh, to chew on, and we're going to look ahead to the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and we're going to talk to NBC Sports uh, lead man at the Olympic Games. He's a man of many talents, Mike Tarico, on the show today, which, of course, is brought to you by Callaway, who are currently sponsoring the $1 million Fan Beat Challenge presented by Golf Channel, and it continued this week. They've got two more weeks at Bay Hill and Austin House. It's a new live-action play-along game with trivia, predictive play questions, all sorts of cool prizes, lots of rogue, a lot of uh, cool Callaway stuff. So go to golfchannel.com, FanBee Challenge, or check out the link, which I'll post in the uh, the show notes uh, at jeffshackelford.com for a chance to play along with some and pick up some great Callaway equipment house. Yeah, I like this game quite a bit because it mixes live action forecasting, prognostication with some like historical context stuff, which has been a real test of how quickly I can Google from a separate machine. <laughs> the answer, I have to tell you, uh, my skills are not that great. I'm, but I bet there's, you know, some, I bet the youth are, are all over it and, and doing quite well at this. Uh, I have, uh, the best I've done so far is kind of middle of the pack, um, but it's a fun way to pay attention to the rounds. What do you got on House of Carbs this week? Shaq, it's March Madness, so of course we have to tackle the proper March Madness menu for Thursday and Friday. No one better for such a discussion than the Ringer's own Mark Titus from One Shining Podcast and, of course, the L.A. resident sports bar expert Craig Gaines, a.k.a. The Chief, is on. We also have Andy Greenwald on because Top Chef wrapped up. And we have a nice discussion of food news with Juliet Littman down in Austin, Texas. And, uh, of course, uh, we get some, some tidbits, some tasty morsels from her on her trip down there. Uh, speaking of One Shining Podcast... The NCAA tournament is upon us. The brackets have been announced, are being oh, announced, yeah. I believe, as we're recording. They already stink. You're mad, huh? At UCLA <laughs> playing. Whoo, playing game. That's not very break. good. I don't know what to tell that you. That is so wrong. Go on. <laughs> also, our friends, check out the ringer.com. There's an awesome article right now called The Heist Trophies. This is a fun read. Shea Serrano, Jason Concepcion. They're giving out awards to all the great heist movies. Shaq, it's time. Let's get into the Shack House. All right, House, how about that 44-footer on 17? I thought we had the potential for just an epic finish. We almost did. And then there was that buzzkill hole location on 18. But, ah, he's back. 
He's back. He's, Look, he, as long as there are holes to be played and he is within, the, if the math permits it, you know he's going to pull something out for us. I mean, it was a really frustrating round for all the, the Tiger lovers out there, like myself, because it was pretty clear that he was grinding. It was a grinding kind of a day, not one where his irons were as sharp as we'd seen over the previous three no, rounds. No. And his putting was still quite good, but he wasn't dropping bombs with the exception of 17, the way he he did uh, through the previous three rounds. But look, Shaq, four straight rounds under par yeah. on, on a track that he is unfamiliar with yep. and, and a formidable track at that. It really was. It was defensive golf, uh, I felt like. I mean, that, that was kind of the vibe. And if you look at some of the people who are on the leaderboard, it's kind of the guys who are tend to be a little bit more uh, patient and plotters. And I don't know if Tiger loves that kind of golf that much. I think he probably does right now because he feels like his experience uh, gives him an edge. And, and Innisbrook, if you look, they've produced uh, some some older winners. And yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's look an experienced Look at this leaderboard. This is a classy yeah. leaderboard. Of, of, of grown-ass men. Well, mostly classy, but um, <laughs> let's not get too far. But uh, yeah, uh, Let's it, talk about, uh, you know, uh, pedigree. This is a pedigree. Yeah, leaderboard. there you How go. About that? That, you yeah, like yeah, that better? Yeah. yeah, I do. But uh, I loved watching the way he, he you know, kind of carved it up and, and really stayed patient. And, um, you know, the one that'll kill him uh, that was the three-putt on 15, that he hit that that beautiful shot, reaches a green and two, and left himself with a too long of a putt, and and that was the first kind of eh, so-so stroke for that birdie putt on fifteen. But uh, you know that again, he's been away a long time. It's asking a lot to think that he's going to be perfection from beginning to end. That any golfer, any guy on the PGA Tour is going to uh, maintain that standard throughout four days of a tournament. It's just. Uh, doesn't happen that often so uh he's just unfortunately raised the bar so high for himself that that people i think they'll probably are already forgetting um you know what he's been through and where he's at and it's like okay yeah now he's got to win and then you know bay hill this week sets up beautifully for him but uh, i think all in all just the way he looks and the way he's carrying himself what a what a sensational week and then you know i to go into a golf course he didn't know and he's a horse for course kind of guy and that's got to give him so much confidence that uh, that he did that because he doesn't like to be taken out of his his comfort zone. And, well, sec- uh, second time awesome. in three weeks in that regard, right? I mean, because he's not exactly he doesn't play PGA National every single year. He doesn't have to play the the Honda Classic. Um, he'd never won there. Yeah, uh, and he so you know, played Riviera in twelve years. Right. So so look at <clears throat> and let's think about the pedigree of those tracks and what they require of golfers. I, I'm you know. Uh, obviously, uh, my my uh, butt smooching of the Tigre is well established and well known. But I, let me <laughs> add this to the list of of admirable things that he's embarking upon this season. He's playing courses that are outside of his comfort zone, and you know, other than the miscut at Riv, pretty good. Well, we'll see what happens going forward too. He's got some interesting scheduling decisions, but that, nobody really cares about that right now. It's all about. The Masters, and uh, he's now ten to one. And oh my God, that's all you can think about. All I can think about is that he went there in 2015 and finished fourth with, with not nearly the game he has right now, and not, yeah. and certainly not the reps and the rounds and um, the the sense of calm in his life that he had um, uh, that he has now compared to then. So ten to one, I actually believe, is a very reasonable number for him now at, at Augusta. It, it really is hard to see how he won't play very well there unless he has a terrible, terrible uh, luck of the draw situation. Well, he's he's going to play well there, but ten to one to win is still bad odds. It's not well. They're bad. Not, well, but that's a different topic. I mean, we yeah, all, okay. all these odds are. I mean, Jordan yeah. Spieth's eleven to one right now. He's, oh my god, you know, he should be he, eleven thousand to one. It's he should. Yeah, he should. I mean, his track record's nice there, but yeah, he he's over two footers and and he's not um, really sniffing much of the cup on him. He and hurt my feelings uh, this week. That's painful. I thought that this was, was hard the week. to watch. Well, he, I, I, didn't, I thought yeah. the culprit for him was the Poa. And kind of the California yeah, I know. vibe, but that—that's just not it. I mean, he's got to go see Dr. Bob Rotella. That—that's where he's got to go next. <laughs> no, he needs uh, to go true. sit on a beach and read a thriller. And, okay, uh, same stop, difference. 
I think he's trying too hard now at this point, and that's the the danger, of course. But I mean, it, it, that's his personality, and that's the nature of this game that that you keep searching. And the problem is, we also know that that you keep searching like that, and every once in a while, you you actually find something, and it turns it all around. And we well, certainly have a history of people who have gone to Augusta and found something that they uh, didn't know was there. Uh, people who had, I mean, I was. Uh, Mark O'Meara, I was interviewing him this week down at the Champions event. He said his game was terrible when he went there 20 years ago and won in 98. Uh, ben Crenshaw, of course, had almost no game in, in 95, and he was grieving at the loss of Harvey Pinnock, and, and uh, Carl Jackson told him a couple little things, and, and he wins the Masters. So I'm never going to write anybody who has a great track record at Augusta off because uh, and Spieth would be in that category already at this point in his career, just because that place seems to do weird, crazy, amazing, magical things to the people who love it and the people who uh, know how to uh, play that golf course. Well, in that vein, and speaking of guys who look like they're they're several thousand leagues away from any kind of spectacular performance, based on what you've seen of Rory McIlroy so far this season, oof. Well, yeah. that's my feeling as well. But yeah. you just offered a narrative that suggests the ability that magic, and and it's it's tough to argue with. Do do we think that he has that that switch to be flipped inside of him? Well, I, not at Augusta, I don't think. Just because I, he's I'm had so you. many big numbers there and he, he hasn't had that that moment like Speets had uh where he can recall the the positive memories or Bubba Watson can go there and 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 just for whatever reason uh feel something uh, I'm not I'm not feeling it with Rory the the short game still seems to be an issue and and the, the consistency just seems to be kind of flashing signs of who he is and then other moments he's not and I I have no idea what I didn't get to see him obviously this week I wasn't there so I don't know what's going on but uh, but hey you know he's uh, he's a very talented guy so who who knows but he's certainly not on the list right now of of those at least the first ten I mean look he, at you know look at all the people Rose and Garcia are playing well Paul Casey has got had some great moments at Augusta and just won the Valspar championship and is, you know, he there in that, that group house we talked about where we're going to be watching Tiger and Phil and the young guys. And it's going to be those kind of uh, guys in their thirties and this is, uh, this that is are going to come charging down the lane. And while we're, we're not watching and you're right, sneak you're in. so true. And this is, here's what I want to say. One thing, this is going to sound like a knock on Paul Casey. And to be fair, it probably is, but that, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was the most Paul Casey win of all Paul Casey wins, right? He's uh he's not really a consideration. He shoots 65 on the final day, several groups out, you know, away from kind of the final group and is able to go sit in the clubhouse for an hour and 15 minutes. Now all credit to him. He shot the 65. He didn't waver one bit. He he showed great cojones through the snake pit and got up and down every which way that he needed to, but you know that the the knock on Casey is he's in the final two or three groups, and we've seen this you know some number of years now. But kudos to him because that was an ass kicking performance on an ass kicking course. And look at this leaderboard: Casey, Reed, Woods, Sergio, Sabatini, hmm. Sabatini, Justin Rose, Jim Furyk, Jason Kokrak, Webb Simpson, Brandon Grace. Like that is a that's a lot of firepower, and Hadwin had a nice round against a top twelve finish for Hadwin. Yeah, well, he loves that place. He loves that let, place. Let's talk about the fact that we confirmed a very important piece of information today, House. We confirmed that the golf gods are very much working on Sundays. They are watching. They are taking note, and they are. Uh, spreading their unique blend of magic that only the golf gods can can muster up. And do you know what I'm referring to? Do you have any thoughts where I, I might be going with that? I, I suspected it might have might have to do with the 18th hole. Uh, and... it, it would actually start before that. It would start oh. with the idea that Patrick Reed was <laughs> trending on Twitter, and he was oh. trending. Yeah, trending. How about that? I, I didn't I was know excited. that. And, and, my and Twitter I... was had 15 <laughs> entries, and they all said Tiger. That was my I, trend. I opened up the uh, the trend line on Patrick, and it was a series of things uh, berating him for wearing the Tiger red shirt and black pants, which he's been doing a while. In his a defense. long time, yeah. Um. But 
I think there is a fair point to be made that he did it in the same tournament uh, at the same time that Tiger Woods was in contention and was playing within uh, a few uh, yards of him. And <laughs> that maybe, I, I mean, I can't think of an equivalent. I've tried to think of, of different uh, versions at, of, of equivalencies in, in terms of mimicking your hero and 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 then actually doing it when when the hero's there and uh and I feel like the golf gods uh made their point went on 18 with that that total <laughs> rally killer of a whole location uh, yeah. which I wasn't thrilled about but when he when he hit his his first putt short and uh, needed to to just two putt to send it into a playoff and uh, it hit up into the ridge, went up into the ridge, and then rolled right back to his feet. And then he had to try to hit a wedge to to haul out for the championship. That's just my read. Maybe you saw it differently. The but. only way that the golf gods could have made their point any more emphatically <laughs> would have been a red and black thunderbolt that Ooh, came down yeah. and, and, and you know struck that ball and sent it back down. I'm, I'm pretty sure the golf <laughs> gods weighed in. I'm right there with you. I uh, enjoy Patrick Reed in the villain uh, sort of role. I like, uh, I don't remember who said he is our Ian Poulter. There, there, obviously yeah. there is, you know, I, is. I think more than one person has made that observation. Um, and when he's he's playing well, he's fun to both root for and to root against because yeah. of, of his slightly demonic demeanor. And I mean the the cut that he took, and apparently he's practicing the the what is the proper golf term for the flying winged elbow? What is what is that recoil action that he had hmm. going there with I his uh, with that three wood? Yeah, I don't know what you'd call that. It it he was really ripping the it. Chicken I mean, wing? It was imp- I mean, yeah, I guess it is a little bit of a chicken wing. Yeah, it is impressive though. He, he I was agree. going after it. That I tee agree. shot on eighteen. I mean that. You know, and that's one where Tiger played 18 very conservative, and he he took a rip at it and gave himself a shot. He didn't hit a very good second shot, but Tiger played it so conservatively there, and it seemed like Gary Koch was a little down on that choice. Uh, I, I just want to give a quick shout out. I want to give a quick shout out to Gary Koch, who basically murdered our pal cousin Sal. Cousin Sal <laughs> tweeted about two hours Uh-oh. ago, two and a half hours ago, three hours ago, that he had Justin Rose. He was played live live win odds over the weekend, uh, and that he had picked uh, Justin Rose. Not ten minutes later, Justin Rose has a, a sand shot, and I'll be gosh darned. In fact, I don't know if we have an E rating on this or not. If we're explicit, I'll be goddamned if Gary Koch didn't go on air and say, "Well, he's been perfect from the sand all week," and Justin hit it right into the fringe and two putted for bogey. I Oof. mean, he could not have put a bigger whammy, and it went all downhill from there. I think that was on twelve. <laughs> so if I was cousin Sal, I would be sending some, 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 at least some tweets at Gary Koch. Well, Gary, uh, I don't even know if Gary's on Twitter. I don't think that he'll care. I think he's. I think <laughs> I'm he's, sure he won't. He's well aware though of the the announcer jinx, and um, I mean, he did it. He killed him. <laughs> now, uh, Johnny will be back, I believe, next week at Bay Hill. Hey! Yeah, um, it really I, feels I, I, like golf. By the way, I don't does. mean to interrupt you. I am interrupting well, you. Yeah, interrupt. How about this? And again, I might have to curse. No effing coverage gap. What about <laughs> the idea of going right from the golf course at two fifty nine yeah. on the Golf Channel and turning on to NBC? I mean, I, I'm going to have to come up with some glowing, loving reference for the NBC, and we're going to talk to Tariko. I'm going to kiss Tariko's ass. I'll give him credit for it. <laughs> 3 o'clock, there's golf. I see Tiger on my television screen at 3 o'clock. That's what well, I'm talking about, Shaq. Well, and they, they were rewarded on Saturday. They had a 3.26 rating, which, you know, to people in other sports probably isn't very exciting. But that was the highest-rated third-round broadcast uh, on any broadcast network of a tour event in 12 years since uh, the 2006 Bridgestone. And, uh, of course, the highest-rated broadcast of any form of the Valspar Championship. So the man is uh, delivering some eyeballs. And then, you know, uh, it's just NBC has that that nice, uh, clean transition, which is always a special thing. Yes. And, uh, it feels yeah, like it was, golf. Professional golf. A it professional does. presentation it's, it's, of an entertainment product, Shaq. It, it, <laughs> 
So uh, before we get to Mike Tirico, is there anything else on the Valspar you want to wrap up? You want to, uh, you know, Paul Casey's 33 to 1 for the Masters now, uh, House. I don't know. And he might even shoot up a little bit more after this. The, I, the only I thing know. I'm, uh, you know what I'll do in terms of research for that? I want to see his fourth rounds and, and sort of where he's been positioned on the leaderboard. Okay. I, he's a credible, he's a credible candidate for the Masters, no doubt. I mean, he, he plays well at the Masters. I think he has at least a few top tens. Uh, but I want to look at those that Sunday fourth round uh, performance to, okay. to really get my my bearing on on Mr. Casey. How about Patrick Reed at eighty to one? Are you feeling any love there? I'm out. I will say okay. one thing though. It was <laughs> interesting and curious that the top three places at the Valspar. This is my finishing touch. How about Team Nike? It was Nike, Nike, Nike. I almost went on the Twitter to say, I don't care if they went one through 10, you're not going to get me in any of those shirts without a collar. But Patrick Reed at least had the courtesy um, to wear, wear a collar. And Paul Casey, I believe, had a collar as well. Oh, he had, had well. a collar as well, yes. And I he believe, doesn't always I believe, have a collar. But. No, he doesn't. I believe he may be phasing the collarless look out of his life, uh, which is, Good. you know, it's one of those age-appropriate things. I think you can pull it off when you're you're 23. I don't know about well, What about when you, 42 when you're the Tiger? When you're uh, built like he is, and you're ripped, okay. and you can, and you have a uh, what was it, 128, um, the, whatever the number was, the highest swing speed on the PGA Tour uh, so far recorded this year. Tiger, uh, don't hurt him. You can Ti- wear a tank top, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Please. 129.2. Don't hurt it, Tiger. Don't hurt yeah, it. Yeah, I mean Keep that it. is one question that I think some people have brought up fairly is 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 he going to go so hard at it that he that he could hurt himself? But I, I just don't think that after everything he's been through, that he would be pushing it like that if he didn't feel like the back and the body were there to to be pushed. Yeah. So um, good for him. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. It's fun to watch, and 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 I think that and I'd be curious when we talk to Mike Tirico about this, but I think getting that distance back house is just so important to his uh, confidence and his restoring of his aura and the intimidation factor for him because he loves that. And we've wondered how he would get that back, especially this new, kinder, gentler guy. I mean, you could see after that putt on 17 today, it was not the, you know, um, yeah, here I come. I'm sticking it. I'm Tiger. It was more of a smile of like, <laughs> that was pretty good. I got to admit that was, that was, uh, you know, I'm pretty good, but it wasn't, it was, uh, it was a different kind of reaction and I loved it though, but it, it's a little softer. Let's be honest. It's not the, well, the, uh, the, the Tiger of old, but, but, but I think he's going to get the aura through the distance and the power and, and then the crowds. I mean, it has to just be, it has to be deflating when you're in the leading group and, and 10 times as many people are watching the group in front of you. It's, it's gotta be a mess for somebody. So two thoughts on that um, point. I mean, obviously uh, you know, momentum as a concept in sports has been derided and, and ridiculed. And I understand kind of why and that the metrics don't tend to support it but there is no doubting that the tiger buzz you know always manages to will something unexpected into the mix and that day you now i don't know what you want to call that 44 foot putt on 17 but if if everybody's uh, was... rooting for it then you, you can't just d- d- decry it but in terms of your astute observation on the driving distance i have two thoughts in the first place it is absolutely clear the point you just made that he derives so much confidence from knowing he can pull that out when he wants to pull it out. Uh, now, the thing we observed today is that he didn't necessarily go super distance because it's, it was pretty apparent that he was grinding today. And here's the thing I want to keep an eye on. First of all, please stay healthy. You hear me knocking on wood? Please stay healthy. The thing that I'm psyched about is the stinger because yeah. – the stinger mm-hmm. is what is going to help him win majors at venues like Shinnecock Hills and Carnoustie. He doesn't need to hit the ball 10 miles down the ballpark to win at, at those venues. Those are strategy venues, and yep. that's what I'm excited to see. Yeah, no, and, and I think he's um, stubbornly, or for whatever reason, he, he resisted the, the, the stinger and Innisbrook, Forced it on him with the wind, and and by the way, once again, you saw what a great wind player he is, and how much wind is still a a great uh, neutralizing uh, factor for uh, the 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 bomber game. 
And earlier in the week, you know, when he was describing the conditions, it was clearly, you know, when he says it's more difficult than people probably realize watching on TV, you know, it really is um, getting to them. So, um, House, uh, before we call Mike Tarico, I just wanted to give you a little heads up because I know you were dying to know, but it it was a very nice rogue week for Sam Burns until that double bogey late, which I know um, you're you're still grieving over, but it was a great, great week for him to uh, continue the great play from the Honda Classic. And of course, he did it with his rogue driver uh, featuring the Aldo Tour X shaft, and he had the Sub-Zero Fairway Woods, and of course, Sergio Garcia, you know, who's just still just building up so nicely to the Masters, so quietly. While everybody's watching everything else, he's just going to keep chipping away, and he's going to bring his little rogue sub-zero with its uh, leading the field and driving accuracy at 300.5 yards per drive. How about that? Listen to you with the, with the technical data. I just say jailbreak technology, and I, my own self, am excited. You are, we're going to talk about this at the end of the show. My trip, I leave tomorrow. Yeah, you get to use your rogues finally. All and right. I'm going to get crazy with the jailbreak technology, Shaq. Believe that. All right, let's call Mike Tirico. You all know him from the NBC Sports coverage recently of the Olympic Games and, of course, from years and years of coverage on Sports Center, covering golf, covering every sport really known to Manhouse. And we had him on the show uh, previously. House, it was just me, one-on-one with Mike. But now uh, we're going to get him on the line to talk a little bit about Tiger Woods and just kind of everything Mike is up to. And as he uh, comes back from Korea and gets acclimated with golf again. So let's talk to Mike. Yes. All right. Mike Tirico has joined us. He's back from Korea. Mike, the Winter Olympics were just tremendous, especially for those of us on the West Coast. It just seemed like all the great events were were uh, and just the perfect amount of, at the right time for us here. And uh, and, and just uh, it was such a joy to watch. You did a great job. Thank you for joining us today here on Shack House. Well, thank you, Shack House. It's good to, good to hear you as well. Uh, yeah, it it worked out great for the West Coast. It really did. And the next two will as well with Japan in 2020 for the summer, Beijing for 2022 for the next winter games. We, we did this half hour, really 35 minutes when the East and Central time zones went to local news. That was just for the mountain and West Coast. And it was great. Every time I would say on the air, hey, this is just for the mountain and West Coast. And everybody <laughs> comes back and. 35 minutes. I got more tweets from people in the mountain time zone. Hey, it, we, we are being acknowledged on national TV on a sporting <laughs> event for the first time ever. This is great. We feel like we're stealing from the East Coast after all these spoiler alerts. It, it's, it's a slow way of personally paying back the mountain in the Western time zone. So, Mike, here's the thing. I, I, I very much enjoyed the broadcast and, uh, you know, the delivery into our, our, our homes. Um, here's the thing. I have a particular yeah. interest in sure. the food aspect of a, of yeah. a you know, uh, a, a, an experience like what you just had sure. where you're abroad. How, how much were you able to take advantage of the local cuisine? Well, in, in all honesty, the uh, broadcast, International Broadcast Center uh, it used to have a McDonald's way for many years when McDonald's was the official sponsor. There was not one uh, in in South Korea within the IBC, uh, not, or at least not one I came across. But NBC has you know, almost a thousand people there, so we have a pretty expansive commissary, and it served food on a regular basis that was much like the food you'd find in the U.S. But there were several times, uh, whether it's before the games, during, or after that I did get out and had my share of Korean barbecue and kimchi, mm. uh, which is served in various ways with every meal possible. It was terrific. It was really, really good. The breakfasts were a Western-type breakfast, uh, but certainly the Korean barbecue experience and kimchi and other were just absolutely fabulous. I went. To, I got to go to a dinner with Dale Earnhardt Jr., who's now working oh. with us at NBC. And he came over. You know, we bring our guys from other sports over. Uh, and, and they do some eating. Like, Earnhardt, uh, Dale Jr. was talking to the bobsled drivers. And actually, the bobsled drivers gave him great stuff. It was pretty funny. But, uh, you know, Dale Jr. and I are sitting there, and we had a beer. And then it was this place where you pick the crab, and they cook it right, right there. You pick it, you see it, they show it to you from the other side of the window, and then they go cook it and bring it to you later. <laughs> it's a, it a little too much for me, but it was yeah. delicious. And <laughs> overall, I would say if you're going to go to South Korea, you'll have a good food experience. So keep yeah. that in mind, House, for your next trip. 
It's my next trip, exactly. <laughs> All right, so Mike, when you went over there, um, you went into full Olympics mode, and I don't know how much you followed golf from afar. I know you follow everything pretty closely, but you really had to do a deep dive on a lot of different sports. Um, if if I had told you when you sort of returned here to the United States and started getting your uh, time and preparation, getting uh, really focused on the Masters and uh, some of the other tour events – that Tiger would be where he is right now, would you have believed it or would you have said, yeah, that's what I expect? Is this, um, no. where do you put this? I, I wouldn't have believed it in January. I will say with the 14-hour time difference, and we were working early mornings, I was able to watch, especially the Thursday-Friday coverage uh, from from Pebble, uh from from San Diego, from Torrey Pines. So I got that from Riviera. So I got to see a decent amount of golf uh, while I was over there. And so I was able to watch what was going on tour, which was great because of NBC. We have all the NBC in the NBC family of channels on our in-house in our office at the broadcast center. So I was able to watch golf channel every day. So I was able to, able to watch most of the good, most of the good stuff that happened on the West coast as to tiger. No way. I mean, and not what we saw on Sunday. And finishing second at Innisburg, I didn't think we'd see that. But I, I go back to last year when uh, you know Tiger played in the Hero and made all those birdies, even though he finished at the bottom of the field, the, the mini field at his event. You know, and and the conversation was, well, what do you think will be a good week for Tiger? And I said, just finish, and then stack finishes on top <laughs> of finishes. And that when he went to Dubai and didn't finish, that was like, okay, that's 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 a setback. And obviously, there was another surgery. So I think having seen that, plus knowing it was such a significant last chance surgery, if you will, I don't think we could have sat here and forecast he would have made steady progress and that's what he did and i i said on uh, on golf channel in the morning on sunday or the early afternoon i guess that i thought if tiger was in the hunt with four five holes to go even if he didn't win it would be progress and when i saw him smile coming off the 18th green it wasn't like a wry smile it was a it was a smile mm. of satisfaction of course he wanted yeah. to win and of course, no, nothing short of winning satisfies him. But I think he knows he can do it now. And I don't know if he knew Sunday morning when he woke up if he could do it again. So I think that alone is what I walk away with as I'm hmm. really impressed and surprised by this. Hmm. So, Mike, uh, you, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, we're at the moment in your schedule where you are now about to pivot over to full-time golf and then some horse racing as well, is that yeah. is that right? Yeah, good, awesome. Yeah, so here's uh, yeah, you you are mm -hmm. good. Uh, so here here's my my question for you. One of the things that Shaq and I talked about at the very beginning of the year that was kind of tantalizing, and nobody better than yeah. you to help us contextualize this, is this the the moment in in golf right now where there are a bunch of accomplished players uh, that are sort of advancing in age, like guys in their mid thirties and, and early forties that if right. healthy can, can, can stand up to this youth movement that we've kind of seen over the past couple of years, as you're sort of thinking about your, your upcoming broadcast season, what do you think about that, that particular dynamic? Well, let's just, uh, just thinking about this for a minute, I'm, I'm going to do some stuff uh, for golf channel at, at the Masters, as I did last year, and then we'll do uh, we'll work with the NBC crew at the Players, and then on through you know the majors as, as I've done over the over the last uh, couple of years with Golf Channel, and then the Open in the summer. Going into the major season, and we still have what we still have Bay Hill, and we have the Match Play, and Houston. Okay, who knows yep. what's going to happen in those three? We've got everything. We have. Everything you could ask for. Just, just think. In the last four weeks, let's take Tiger out of the equation for a second. And <laughs> I tell you that Bubba won, Justin won, Mickelson beat Justin in a playoff, and Paul Casey, who's had trouble on Sundays, but is a really good player, shot what did he shoot? Sixty-five. Shot sixty-five, 65. on Sunday to go to go to go win. You know, at a, on a tough golf course. If it just gave you that alone, you'd go, okay, let me put that on top of uh, Dustin won over in Kapalua and John Rahm won uh, 
the PGA West and Jason Day won already and Gary Woodland won Super Bowl weekend and Scottsdale. We've got everything. And then on top of that, you throw in the guy who took the sport from there to here. And that's Tiger. And when you do that, you've got everything you could ask for coming into the Masters. Even if Tiger doesn't win, you saw that he can. You saw that Phil just did. And you've got all those young guys. And by the way, we haven't mentioned Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, who, if you drop them down at Augusta National, they're on the first page of the leaderboard on the weekend. So I, <laughs> I, I, I caution to say this without really giving it thought. I can't remember in the last 20 years something this rich going into the first full week of April. That's awesome. Awesome. For the yeah, sport. I'm going to let Shaq follow up, but I have to tell you, I knew you were the right guy to ask that question that you should see the hair standing up on the back of my neck right now. That was, it's so exciting. I can't really contain myself. Yeah, we just need the weather to hold now. But yeah, last year we had a lot of guys playing well going in, uh, and but it didn't have the Tiger Phil element, Mike. And do you think right. that that's one of the things that um, is, is, I mean, obviously right now what's going on in tennis is really special with Roger Federer, but I've always believed that, that golf is the one sport where you get this clashing of generations, and we may actually yeah. get it. Every key moment in the history of the game, there's been this, and, and it feels like, we're headed towards that where these young guys are going to get one last crack at the old guys and the old guys are going to get to show them what it's all about. Do you, um, do you cherish that part of the game? The, the, the old guy yeah, element? A thousand yeah, percent because mm. in tennis, you don't have the handholding of the Ryder cup or the president's cup. I, ah. I think, and this will be an interesting conversation to have maybe getting, maybe getting beat up in the Ryder cup has added to the depth of the enjoyment for golf fans of this cross-generational thing that, as you said, Jeff, has happened over and over. But when you consider Tiger's presence around the Ryder Cup and those guys, and we saw this, Ryder and President's Cup, the guys love being around Tiger. You know, and yeah. Patrick, Reed, Pat, Patrick Reed in the, the Tiger knockoff costume on Sundays. It's just it's just the best. And here they are playing back-to-back groups and club twirl and, and the, the whole deal. And Patrick Reed, that, that terrible weather day um, when Tiger was the only one, it was Ryder Cup, I guess, a couple of years ago, when, yeah. when Tiger was the one guy who went out with Patrick to walk. Because nobody else, and just just that stuff, and I hear these guys in back-to-back groups competing. I, when I when the Mickelson JT playoff started last weekend, I'm, I'm trying to remember where I was. I was just thinking, I was thinking about the Mickelson Tuesday games on tour, and mm. how all these young guys have kind of almost like you know minnows been around it, understood it. It's like the fill rite of passage. Get these guys involved in that. The um, adoration of Mickelson after he put his neck on the line Ryder Cup-wise from all these younger guys. And now you've got them all really getting to the first tee on Thursday morning when they say, four please, Phil Mickelson now driving, four please, Justin Thomas now driving. They all think they can win. And they've all won together. And you brought up the cross-generational that only this sport gives us on a regular basis. That, that's why, it may be back to, to the point earlier, that that's why maybe this feels um, a little more exciting to me yeah. even three weeks before Augusta. Well, I'm going to knock on wood right now because I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But I do feel like we are being rewarded schedule-wise by having the majors this year at the venues that that they're taking place because Mm -hmm. we we get both Shinnecock and Carnoustie with this rich, deep field. What what do you think? I mean, it's way too early to ask for any handicapping or horse horse picks at this stage, but what do you think uh, about those venues and and the depth of the fields we're going to have? I can give you McKinsey in the Derby as an early, you know, oh. early field. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Mike's Mike. got him going. I'm I was there yesterday. That was a day. wild race yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. It was nuts. I was there at Rainy Santa Anita. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, please, carry on. I, I, I dipped into a little Derby prep yesterday, so I was ready for you. Um, yeah, you know, the interesting thing about the majors is I feel like we haven't had a, a strange, odd run of majors. They seem to 
always give us something good here the last few years. And usually the golf courses do. But remember, 99 Carnoustie was bizarre because yeah. of the, the, the wayward superintendent uh, who, who was angry at the world and grew rough everywhere he wasn't supposed to <laughs> and had you know, the sixth fairway six paces wide or something. You know, it's a yep. little more than six, but not much. All, <laughs> not much. All, 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 that, all that stuff. But you do have some legendary golf courses and you know, with, with, with respect as well, some significant history at Bell Reef over time. But you're right. We've got some of the classics like Shinnecock to go after Augusta and before Carnoustie. You know, here, here's the great thing with golf, and I said this this morning on Golf Channel, too. I never picked golf tournaments, and people would go, well, well, come on, who do you think's going to win? I said, well, it's the beauty of the sport, and I think it's one of the reasons I love it so much. It's the one sport you can't play defense. You know, mm-hmm. we just saw the NCAA brackets come out, and here Syracuse is playing Arizona State, and I'm thinking in my mind, what kind of what kind of teams does Arizona State have? Are they a good shooting team? How do they go up against our two three zone and all that? Well, in golf, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Casey was an hour and a half ahead of Tiger and ahead of Justin Rose in the last group. Nobody could stop him. It, it didn't matter. He posted he posted a number, and nobody could catch it. And that's the beauty of this sport. And, and that's why when you start to handicap who's going to win where and you know all that stuff. There are so many factors that go in, but you never know the day the guy's going to make putts. And right. Tiger on Sunday, on Sunday at Innisbrook, Tiger couldn't make a putt until he got to 17. They were just, yeah. you know, a, a series of putts that were, you know, just slightly off of pace or a, a fraction too low or a fraction too high. For the most part, he played pretty well, but it just wasn't there. Some days it clicks, like it clicked for Casey on Sunday. And who knows if this is going to open up his winning his winning account again. So that's what I love about it. But the, those courses, I think to your point, they usually give us great champions. Mm-hmm. It's rare that you see, unless you have the bizarre story, like Carnoustie 99, an oddball <laughs> champion gets spit out of a great golf course for a major. So hopefully the majors will build up and pay off for us. Yeah. Mike, last thing, um, that interview this morning you, you did with Cara, you talked a little bit about Tiger and the aura, and House and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the show because the one thing that I really saw that was so different in person at Riviera and Torrey is that Tiger's no longer the old Tiger of, of going into sort of the Hogan mode, and uh, he's very <laughs> chatty, he's acknowledging kids and fans, and you like you said, that, that smile after the round, House and I also discussed his smile after the birdie putt, was a little bit different. Yeah, How, um, you've seen him in action a lot. You've covered some of his uh, his wins in the Open Championship and and been there uh, and interviewed him. Do you feel like eventually he's gonna uh, get back to that that old style, um, less chatty guy, or do you think we we he can be this newer, slightly kinder, gentler Tiger, but still have um, the toughness? I think the competition blinkers will stay on, but I think they are not as restrictive as they used to be. Uh, I, I think maybe they're just set a little bit wider out and you can just take in a little more that's around them. Uh, do you like that? Yeah, I do. Per- perhaps it's the, it's the age or the reality checks that have provided perspective. Mm. It's the opening up to the other guys. Uh, on tour, feeling like you're part of that deal, you know, a, a little bit more than he did. I think Tiger's always wanted to be one of the guys, and it was impossible because, as you've seen over the years covering Tiger tournaments, it's like it's like a different planet. You know, it's. it's uh, I thought somebody said it well. It takes Rory said it. You know, it, it takes more out of Tiger to play around than it does most people, and sometimes people would give us grief for saying that or showing more Tiger shots. All you need to do is look at the evidence that you're given. And the ratings Saturday were the best ratings for the tour all year, <laughs> including every final round on yeah. tour this year. So people, people for whatever, I think I know the reason. It's taken me years to figure it out. But I think people want to see Tiger constantly. Mm. Uh, some, some will say no. But I think the reason is pretty simple. When he gets over a shot, you get the feeling he might do something you haven't seen done before. Mm-hmm. You know whether whether it was Canada and the bunker shot. All we we can go through the the series of the top ten shots. He gets over a ball, and you just feel like the guy can make magic happen. And that was gone. And then for some point Sunday, you were thinking, nah, you know, the old Tiger would have made this. He probably won. And you you heard 
Dan and Gary in the booth and even uh, Roger Maltby on the ground saying the same kind of things. And then just when you're thinking, you know what, he's not going to do that again, he does it on 17. And it's a reminder that he is a different cat. Now, I think time and perspective have changed it a little bit. Maybe he's a little bit softer and gentler. But I do think that the grind will still be there and the desire to win and win major championships. I think he'll play better, in my own opinion. I don't know this. I'm just just total guess. I think he'll play better in the majors with this approach and not the, you know, mm. uh, don't see anything else going on and, right. and all the other stuff. I will, I will point before, before people start flying to Vegas and putting their money on Tiger, <laughs> he's going to have to drive the ball better. Yeah, this was this was not this was not a ten eleven driver uh, golf course setup. He, he maximized it. He played great given the golf course. Uh, it may you know may lead towards a U.S. Open strategy or an Open Championship strategy. It's a little different, but as we know, at Augusta, at some point, you need to you need to hit that driver pure and in good position. You can be a little bit into that first cut and all that. We know that, but you, you need to hit it well. And I think it's going to be very, very important for him over the next three weeks to see how he drives the golf ball to give him a real chance to be confident that those par fives are all reachable with two, and he can think about you know guaranteeing himself two or three birdies on those holes. Those would be the, the golf things that I saw today and over the last week that I'd be interested to see as we go forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's he's made an improvement each week, and and I think that's probably what he's clinging to the most, and certainly what I, uh, I mean, Riviera maybe you could call it a little bit of a setback week, but it could also just be the he just may have an odd vibe at, at Riviera. But uh, so, Mike, where will we uh, see you next? Oh, probably Augusta. Uh, okay. I'm stop down, stop down at uh, at Bay Hill for uh, for a little pre tournament work, and then. Uh, Probably down at Augusta doing the uh, the Golf Central stuff and do work with work with the Golf Channel Studio team, which is a, it's a blast. I get to do it a couple times a year. They're awesome, and uh, looking forward to that and uh, seeing this uh, this show get even better. It's, uh, it's 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 an exciting month. It it took it took March Madness off the top of everybody's list mm. for a couple hours this weekend, <laughs> and that says everything you need to know about Tiger. Still. Awesome. Well, thank you. We'll let you uh, get to your Arizona State scouting report. And um, I, uh, House, will get to listen to me bitch and moan more about UCLA having to go to the play-in game. And But uh, now, at least, you know, to the people in L.A., we get to really hear the USC fans grovel. So it'll be fun. There you go. See, they, cool. it, as, Curtis, as Curtis Strange told me when we started together 21 years ago, and it's true still, every shot makes somebody happy. Never shoving somebody unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Great we can't wait to see you, you down in Augusta. Yeah, stay, stay in your house. Look forward to it, man. You know, you're buying dinner, so I look forward to it. You, you got it. You got it. <laughs> well, great talking to Mike, and we thank him again for taking a little time on a Sunday night house. You got to finally uh, chat with Mike on the show. I had him all to myself a few years ago. So a couple more things. Uh, we're going to do a little preview of Bay Hill, and then you're uh, going to announce our little contest that will be tied to your uh, return to golf. Your what is knock it? off Does, the rust. Knock off the rust. Our, our first giveaway World of the season, Shaq. Our first yeah, giveaway which, of the season. Um, opens with some uh, minor gigs in uh, in in Sea Island before you uh, hit the World Tour. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So uh, before we do that, though, let's talk about Bay Hill. And uh, just a quick uh, uh, kind of overview of the field. Obviously, Tiger will be there. You know all about him. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama uh, probably will uh, make a little run at it. He needs to get his game in, in gear. He played uh, decently there a couple of years ago, so he's making his return from uh, resting his wrist. Uh, they have five of the top 10 in the world house with 12 of the top 25. A couple of interesting um, names, I think, to keep in mind besides, well, I'll get to names to keep in mind who are people you might want to pick in a fantasy league or something. But uh, A.J. McInerney is uh, making his first tour start since being at the uh, massacre in Las Vegas. He's a Web.com tour player and uh, tied for 10th at the Shriners in November. So keep an eye and a rooting interest in him. Yeah, uh, the I'm US rooting Amber- for him. I'm rooting for him. That's easy. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, Doc Redman, uh, the U.S. Amateur champion, has been given an exemption, as has Colin Morikawa, who's a 
just won a college event at Carencia in uh, Los Cabos. He plays for Cal. He was on the Walker Cup team. This guy uh, is a uh, – first of all, he's like a movie star uh, with his presence, and then he's just a hell of a player. So he's gotten a sponsor exemption. So that's one of the fun things, the Bay Hill Invitational. gets to invite people, and so they've invited some amateurs and some different guys. But as for playing well, obviously Mark Leishman is defending. Kevin Kisner played very well last year. Um, but uh, Terrell Hatton uh, had a T4. Uh, Adam Hanwin is not returning this year. He finished sixth, sixth last year. I'm not uh, sure why he uh, is not returning, but everybody else who played very well last year, House, if you pull up the leaderboard, is returning in the field. People like Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Roy McElroy, Charlie Hoffman, and uh, Justin Rose had a very nice tournament until final round 73 last year. So there are uh, plenty of people to look at who are are playing well, who also have a little bit of a body of work at Bay Hill because it very much is a course that that players either love or, or hate. I think a lot of it has to do with course setup. They tend to have a little bit more rough, and that's the way the king wanted it, and that's the way he gets it. Well, I'm looking for two guys uh, uh, that perform well here historically, and one of the things that I like very much um, about the string that we're in that, that you just alluded to is these challenging tests in the lead-up um, to the Masters. You go from the PGA National. The WGC event is its own unique standalone thing in Mexico, and I don't really sort of yeah. factor that in that for this for the purposes of the point I'm making. But the, the, the event we just had at Innisbrook and now Bay Hill, these are all events where the winner tends to shoot, you know, between like nine under and say like 12 under. So good, stern challenge. Two guys that need to show me something. Ricky Fowler and Roy mm. McElroy. And if either one of them has uh, pretensions of, you know, doing something big come the first week of April, I feel like we need to see a spark. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to win or they have to top 10, but we need to see one of those guys go low. I want to see a 63 out of McElroy, uh, you know, just once between now and, and, and Augusta. And Ricky, I don't know what to attribute, you know, what feels like a kind of flat season um, from him. He doesn't seem like he's really got the putter rolling yet, but it would be nice to see him kind of join the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a place where he plays decently. So I, I think there's time. I wouldn't uh, put too much. Uh, I just wouldn't put too much stock in what he's done this year. Forget Torrey Pines. He can't play well there. And he's been pretty consistent otherwise. So it's not like he's been. I, you don't sense anything going on with him like you do with McElroy and Spieth right now. So No, I, no, I he's just been uh, flat. I, I yeah. want the spark. I want to see well, Ricky come I, out and kick some ass and take some yeah. names. That's all. And he may, he may also just be pacing himself. There could be that. That but, would be uh, fine. I would support I, I, that. Yeah, I would I would look for him to to uh, take it up a notch because you're right. He needs to. And, uh, of course, Mark Leishman will be defending, and, and he's another elite player who, if he shows starts showing some signs of life, another guy – as if we don't have enough to yeah. uh, factor into as we go to the Masters. Pedigree. Um, Pedigree. So now, House, before we hear about uh, a little bit about your trip and the the uh, fascinating contest you have conjured <laughs> up, um, uh, I've already been pondering my numbers to try, not that I need to win any of the clubs in question, well, and, and not that I'm eligible, but uh, I... I I want you to know, uh, before you tell us what's in your bag for this, that our, our wonderful podcast here is presented to us by Callaway makers of the Callaway Mac Daddy 4 wedges. Now, Sam Burns had four Mac Daddy 4s. These are the new ones. Roger Cleveland's made a few little tweaks. I've got them. I've hit them. I, I'm loving kind of, he added a little more out on the toe, the retro uh, vibe to him. And I, I'm going with the different lofts. I'm liking these kind of alternative lofts. Now, Sam Burns has 46 degree, 52, 56, and 60, which is kind of traditional. Uh, Sergio, interesting last, interestingly, last week went 48, 54, 58. Uh, so have you got some Mac Daddy 4s in the wedges? And please, uh, from there, uh, tell us about your trip. I do indeed, Shaq, have a couple Mac Daddy wedges. They are at the moment unblemished. I have swung mm. them in my office only so they have not yet touched turf and i'm very excited i will tell you what caught my eye especially because i got a little bit of phil fever 
uh, last weekend. I'm I'm psyched about this PM grind. I'm gonna have to hook up some PM grind. I think the the high toe and the and the you know the the super um, lofts, the sixty and the sixty four degree. Mm. I don't know what I would do with the sixty four degree, but it just seems like it'd be fun to try. I think you could hurt people and hurt yourself. <laughs> I would really, you know, whenever people want to talk about taking um, when they're d- discussing equipment issues in the game. Well, for a while there it was take the sixty four degree away. These guys, it's not fair what they do. It is so hard to hit a 64-degree wedge well. It's ridiculous that that is somehow a de-skilling club. But anyway, so well, please, no, no. Yeah. When you now, so tell on this trip, do you have? Is there some poor instructor that will be having to to work with you and some of the other people? We have a couple, um, and I'll I'll, I'll okay. name names next week. We have a couple okay. great instructors from Sea Island lined okay. up. We're gonna we have instruction in the mornings of each of the days, and mm-hmm. then we're we're actually having a playing round on Tuesday. Uh, these guys have a lot to work with in terms of they can take mm. this to the instruction in a, in a whole variety of ways. Um, this is the 2018 version of Knock Off the Rust. So first rounds of the season, first instruction of the season. Here's the contest. Jack, okay. and I, I let, let me see here what you think. So we want folks to go on to jeffshackelford.com and enter in two numbers. This is kind of a Shack House thing. Okay, I'm the writing first this number. I'm playing three rounds down at Sea Island, fifty-four holes. I'm playing Seaside, Retreat, and Plantation. These will be my first rounds of 2018. The 54 holes means there's a possibility of 54 pars. I don't think I'm going to make 54 pars. My index is in the middle of the 13s. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. But Especially if the- <laughs> you're trying to hit a 64-degree wedge. One of the numbers we want from our podcast pals, how many pars will I have? How many pars over those three okay. rounds? It's how probably not going to be 54. Yeah. The, the other number that we want from our podcast pals, our Shack House homies, what is the low round, the low Thursday round at Bay Hill? You don't have to name the guy, but what is the score going to be? So okay. two numbers. You go to jeffshackelford.com. You, you uh, register there, and then you, and you can put it in underneath. Jeff is going to post the show, as he always does on the website. Go there and, and uh, register and then enter in two numbers. House pars, low round Thursday. We're giving out two prizes Great prizes, Shaq. The two winners, and this will be a closest to the number because I'll be very impressed if anybody gets this exactly on point. We're giving away a beautiful brand new Rogue Driver and a beautiful brand new OGO travel bag to help everybody get their game in order at this stage of the season. JeffShackelford.com. Two numbers. House Pars at Sea Island. Low Round Thursday. Beautiful new Rogue Driver. And so the, an OGO travel bag. So the driver's first place, the the OGO second. Well, I, no, no, I, I'm I'm are prepared we, to give away two winners, the, the, oh, okay. the driver and the bag. I mean, I think you know we're, we're this is our first giveaway of the season. Let's let's give okay. away, Shaq. Okay, I may I may ponder. I, I, I'm going to sleep on it. I may ponder a a, a bonus prize for oh. somebody who for the for the grand total of those two numbers so i love it i love yeah. it you do it Shaq. um so quickly just so people know my i've redesigned my website you do have to register to comment now but it's not hard people they're the the the, the trolls are not happy but i had to do it so uh there are two ways you can you can log in a, on a social account facebook or twitter and i'll put little instructions because uh, my host squarespace decided to use like a size six font um, for, for those options. Uh, or you can register on squarespace.com, which there will be a link if you're not a registered commenter already. And I will have instructions in case you're you're not able to, uh, to kick that up uh, on your own. House, I think that just about does it. We passed yeah, the, a lot the only other thing, you know, oh. I should mention is uh, you can keep track of this, this, tour now i'm not gonna um, be posting scores because i don't want to tip the hand we will leave the entries open until thursday noon right Uh, that 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 i think is fair that lets everybody um you know think about this and and you know get a perspective on on the round uh at bay hill um thursday at noon on your website and you can keep track at at house from dc is both my instagram and my twitter we'll be putting up pictures and stories as we knock off the rust with this beautiful rogue equipment and my Mm. uh uh, compatriot, my cohort, Adam Rappaport, the editor in chief from Bon Appetit, will be along for the ride.
side as well. His Instagram is at Rappo4. At Rappo4, you can uh, see delicious food on his Instagram as well as us banging around with some golf clubs. Yeah, I love his Instagram account. I love his uh, Snapchat or style stories. Of course, they're Instagram stories. But I'm hoping for a few of those in the golf and a few of those of the food you plan to eat. Yeah, Southern Soul Barbecue. Count on that. Southern Soul Barbecue Shack. Yeah, just kind of also interested in your impressions of Sea Island and that that uh, little world down there, and and it's a golf place that people really love. So, um, my sympathies in advance to the uh, instructors <laughs> and to the wildlife uh, of the Sea Island area. Uh, and please try not to knock off the paint on your rogue. Okay, just just I'll, the, I'll do the, the best I can. Mike. I'm not making any promises. All right. Well, and it should be a great week at Bay Hill. I'm going to be down there a little bit early in the week for some um, Golf Channel duties, but then I will be uh, back, and we will be talking to everybody next uh, Sunday night again, perhaps after a Tiger Woods victory here on the Shackhouse <laughs> part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.